Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. Hope you're all well this week. It's the 28th of July, 2023. And as many of you will be feeling, we're in the midst of this time when interest rates are rising and everybody's struggling across the board, frankly. And as far as the property market's concerned, it's tough in every direction, whichever way you look, it's tough for many reasons. In terms of locally here at James Alexander in Norbury, Southwest London, what we're finding is that many people are sitting on their hands when it comes to selling their homes because they're not sure, they're not confident of what's coming next, perhaps recession. Um, certainly the possibility of interest rate rises looming is frightening and intimidating. And many, frankly, feel like you know, a rabbit stuck in the headlights when it comes to their current circumstances with massive mortgage rates, which they never anticipated, which are outstripping salaries in some uh, cases. And we're finding that some people are now compelled to sell and downsize where before they were hoping to hold on. So tough times out there. In terms of what we're seeing mostly is the three Ds, as we've said many times, that's death, debt and divorce, reasons for people selling. Those that can, and that's the majority, are holding on, deciding not to sell right now and just waiting for better times. Um, I think it depends on whether your situation is such that you can move now as to whether it's a good time. What you will find is that there are some challenges ahead, even if you have no mortgage or you have a low mortgage and can't afford to move. One of the biggest challenges being with a lower supply of property, finding the home that you dream of may be a little bit more difficult. Having said that, if you time it right, then you should be able to find your dream home still. The best time to search this year will be September. Uh, right now in August, many sellers are struggling. Many are calling us and from across the UK and saying, you know, we're struggling. What should we do? And uh, you've got to bear in mind that when the market is bullish, it doesn't matter when you sell. But when the times are tight and tough as they are today, the timing is critical. And August is the second slowest time of the year for property in our experience. Why is that? Well, we sell a lot of family homes and families go away in August. And they don't want to know about moving home when the children are home from school. They want to know about their summer holidays, hopefully not in Corfu or Rhodes. Uh, and they want to know about how their children are doing and go out and enjoy it, enjoy the family. And why not too? When the children go back to school, that's when mum and dad start looking in earnest. Mostly mum in our experience. Mums tend to drive the search for homes. And in that regard, we expect it to pick up in early September. Will it be a massive pickup this year? Well, no, of course not. Does it depend on interest rates? Yes, of course it does. The next meeting of the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee is on the 3rd of August. In my view, that will be a critical meeting. We're all holding our breath for that one. Will they raise interest rates once more? We hope not. Um, but the ECB, that's the European Central Bank, and the Fed have both risen rates just recently. So I could see that some will argue that there's a case for rising rates. I hope that they see that the inflation figures have now peaked and are coming off and therefore find that they can hold rates as they are. I think there's no chance of them dropping right now. There's a chance of them holding, but there's also an equal chance of them rising rates further, which I know is terrifying for many people. Um, but that looks like what it is to us here at the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. 
Now let's get into some national headlines for you. As always, we're providing for you all of the property news from all of the media throughout the week. First of all, in housing, the Independent wrote an article which says that two thirds of councils built no homes at all last year. A report in the Independent reveals that while 1.2 million families are now on council waiting lists for housing, two thirds of councils built no new housing in 21-22, with government data suggesting this figure holds true for the last five financial years. The paper notes that its analysis comes weeks after it emerged that Michael Gove's department handed back £1.9 billion to the Treasury, originally meant to tackle England's housing crisis. Councils have been warned that house building has been stalled by a lack of funding and by government restrictions on how new builds can be financed. The local government association has called for a genuine renaissance in council house building, with a national task force set to support councils to build homes and with the retention of receipts from help to buy. Well, this is interesting. And, you know, it just goes to show what we've said here for a long time. The local authority and government are very big on criticising landlords on how they supply homes to the rented sector. But frankly, they're not offering an alternative. And I think this dates right back to the Thatcher days when the council houses were sold. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with selling the council houses. Personally, I thought what was wrong was not using the money from the sale of council housing to build new council housing. That, for me, was a fundamental mistake, and it continues to this day that there's not enough money out there to build the homes that people desperately need at the bottom of the ladder. Um, what does this mean for buy-to-let? Well, obviously, at the moment, although rates are very high, if you're holding in cash or with a small mortgage, then the likelihood of rents rising is a probability. Um, they've already risen massively, I know, but I suspect that growth will continue as we see a lack of supply growing and growing on top of that with landlords selling as many as 16 percent of the new sales on the market this year have been from buy to let landlords previously rented out and have been sold to people that are living in them for their own use therefore the rental sector is shrinking but the level of people looking to rent is growing uh, and this is a desperate crisis in our view Ministers Acts Policies Amid Voter Concerns, still on landlords and buy to let here. This is an article in the Daily Mail, and this is about Michael Gove, the housing secretary, and he the housing secretary, sorry, and he admits that the government is asking too much too quickly of landlords who are facing a ban on renting properties unless they pay for environmental measures by 2028. He piled pressure on Quango Natural England to end its block on house building and its requirement for councils to introduce clean air zones in developments. The scrapping or delaying of measures to reach net zero by 2050 comes after the Conservatives' opposition to London Mayor Sadiq Khan's ULES car tax was credited with a surprise victory in the Uxbridge by-election. Well, of course, this is true. We all know that the reason they won in Uxbridge was because everybody hates the ULES expansion. Well, most people hate it. It's not that there's anything wrong with um, the idea of clean air. It's the idea of the quick speed of which this has been introduced and the people that it's impacting and again it's those at the very bottom who can't afford to replace their vehicles um, and so you know we are absolutely uh, vehement um, supporters of those that feel that the ULES expansion is too much too soon right now and what it means is that the government are then reviewing policy in other other green areas they realize that they've pushed too far too soon particularly with landlords the idea was that by 2025 any new rented properties would need an EPC and energy performance certificate grade C or more in order to rent out their properties well 
It looks like that's been kicked into the long grass. They're now talking about 2028. And the 2028 deadline, by the way, that was for existing landlords who had tenants in their properties. They were going to have to do EPCC by the end of 2028. It now looks like that's kicked into the long grass. We haven't heard anything further on that. You will hear it here on the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast when it moves along. But right now, we suspect that that's been kicked into the long grass because of the pending election. We'll see. Economy now, and this is an article in the Times, the Mail and the Telegraph, interest rate rises will hit growth next year. Well, it shouldn't be any surprise to you. But the UK is facing a prolonged economic slump caused by higher interest rates. Economists, economists have warned the Ernst Young Item Club or EY Item Club has cut its growth forecast for 2024 and 2025. It said the economy is set to grow by 0.8 percent next year. That's less than half its previous prediction. Um, and the economist said down from the previous forecast of 2.3%, Martin Beck, chief economic advisor, said, you've got this much bigger rise in interest rates than we were expecting, and that takes time to hit the economy because of fixed rate mortgages. It will hit harder next year than this. And we would echo that, you know. This is the problem, is that the interest rate rises are a very blunt instrument. We should, in my view, have perhaps raised rates sooner, um, but actually I think we should be at the top of that tree now and certainly shouldn't be looking to increase them any further. People are struggling too much, and I do fear for many highly mortgaged borrowers are going to have to downsize and sell in the next few months if things continue as they are, and I suspect they will. Now, on Brighton News, Nationwide and TSB have followed HSBC in reducing mortgage rates, and this time the rate reductions are a little bit more significant. In the last podcast, you'll know that I said that the rate rises at 0.1% um, weren't really significant, but now we've got mortgage rates by Nationwide, for instance, cutting them by 0.35%, still not groundbreaking, and a 0.55% reduction on its two-year fixed deal. This comes after HSBC's decision to lower rates on many of its products. Smaller lenders such as Nottingham and Skipton have already cut rates. The anticipated rate hike from Bank of England next week is coming possibly, they say, but mortgage rates have continued to come down. Maybe they've priced in that rate already, and therefore the swap rates, which are what determine the actual fixed rates, are looking ahead at lower interest rates in the medium term. Let's hope so. Now on to uh, rising rental costs for retirees. Uh, this is a real problem now, and this is set to grow as well. It's an article in the Daily Mail. And it says that rising rental costs are impacting people's expected retirement income, particularly in London and the South East, according to a report by Scottish Widows. The report analysed the percentage of income that retirees can expect to spend on rent during their retirement. It revealed that in areas such as East of England, South West and Scotland, they have higher rental costs with retirees spending at least 80% of their monthly income on rental payments. Can you imagine 80%? That is huge. This is due to a lack of supply and high demand. On the other hand, the Northeast has the lowest percentage with retirees spending 59% of their income on rent. The report highlights the challenge of escalating rental costs for those on lower rental in retirement incomes, potentially forcing them to rely on housing benefits or downsides or indeed go back to the workplace, which isn't really fair, but it, it is what it is, I'm afraid. Uh, capital gains tax is on the rise and the burden. This is an article in The Telegraph, and it's saying that UK capital gains tax increasing due to rising asset prices and a government crackdown on tax free allowances. Um, and this has meant that in the first five months of this year, Property owners spent out £16.8 billion on capital gains tax. I think this is mainly many uh, of the buy-to-let landlords will be uh, experiencing this. And that's because the annual exemption has been reduced from 6000 this year and will be halved again to 3000 next year. Now, do you fancy a classic pub? 
for your investment. Well, you can buy one for not a lot of money. What about this one? There's an article in The Sun, a pub from the classic TV show Heartbeat, known as the Aidensfield Arms, is up for sale in Whitby. It offers more space than a London flat and features 12 bedrooms. The Gothland Hotel, as it's now called, is a popular tourist hotel near the railway station in Gothland. It includes a bar lounge, ice cream parlour shop, eight ensuite rooms, a residence lounge, a car park and a large beer garden. It's on sale for how much? Hold your breath. £175,000. <laughs> can you imagine that? For £175,000. It's amazing the value you can get, isn't it, when you go up further north. Now, we have an announcement to make about our very own association with the wonderful Network Auctions. Many of you will know we are affiliated to the Network Auctions Group when it comes to our auction department. And we're thrilled to announce that the our very own Richard Worrell has been made president of NAVA. That's the National Association of Valuers and Auctioneers. This is the independent professional body for auctioneering and the valuation industry. And NAVA promotes high standards, professional standards. Its members are required to operate in a transparent way and provide services which are subject to scrutiny. And certainly Richard's been doing a fantastic job of that exactly that for many years now and highly deserves this accolade. It's a landmark in his career and fantastic to be affiliated to someone such a big hitter in the auction industry. So well done to you, Mr. Worrell, and to Network Auctions too. Rishi Sunak vows to build where homes are wanted. There's an article in Sky News and the BBC. He's outlined plans to seize control of brownfield sites and relax planning restrictions to push through projects in urban areas. Again, I think this is desperation to try and right the wrong of not enough houses being built. Um, Gove's also announced a new urban quarter in Cambridge, along with a laboratory space, which will deliver between 200 and 250,000 homes. Gove said that he completely stood by the Tory manifesto commitment to build 300,000 homes by the mid-2020, and that's per year, despite the fact it's likely to be missed by a significant margin. Another interesting article I found was in the Daily Telegraph. Gove hints at plans for a more state-backed support for first-time buyers. Now, the one thing that can impact on the market outside of interest rates is government support. And if all of a sudden there is government support put in for first-time buyers, it can really boost the market. Because, of course, if the homes at the bottom of chains can be sold, then, of course, this then inflates up the chain and up the chain can then move to their desired homes and the bottom of the market bottom of the market in our experience is what is struggling the most so the idea that the government could support first-time buyers more would be well received and it's about time too because first-time buyers particularly are still struggling to get onto the market and some of the schemes that they've got already are frankly not enough and not good enough and what Gove has suggested, and you do wonder whether it's sound bites, don't you? So close to an election. But he said the government could offer more state backed support for first time buyers as efforts to further tip the scales against second homeowners and speculative buyers. He said we've already helped over three quarters of a million people through help to buy by their first home uh, and shared ownership. We'll go further later this year. He cited examples of buyers he would seek to further discriminate against, including those that seek to convert family homes into holiday lets and speculative buyers who have been seeking to only invest to inflate property prices. Gove added through backing British first time buyers across the country through tax and planning system. We're also planning to extend the level of opportunity to many more by prioritizing first time buyers for homes over those with multiple properties, over those seeking to convert family homes into holiday lets and over speculative buyers who have been seeking to inflate property prices. Sounds like a soundbite, Mr. Gove, I'm afraid. Let's see what you do in reality. But first-time buyers desperately need your help. So get a wriggle on and do something about it, please. Um, 
and around who's struggling with mortgages. Many of you out there listening will be. I'm looking to do a special with DM Mortgages, Nicola from DM Mortgages, about this, what you can do. But around 650,000 households are struggling with soaring mortgage costs right now. There's an article in the mirror. And certainly, you know, we can uh, echo that as far as our local market is concerned. Labour has claimed that around 650,000 households are struggling with soaring mortgage costs and are at a higher risk of repossession. Analysts found that the figure stood at 310,000 in 2019. I mean, the number of families finding it difficult to make their payments has more than doubled since the start of Parliament. Labour highlighted the Bank of England's financial stability report, which had warned that the proportion of households struggling had risen to around 2%. These families are more likely to cut back sharply on spending. Uh, the figure is expected to climb to around 2.3% by the end of 2023. Now, it's not enough to cause a housing crash, of course, um, but it is a, a terrible indictment on what's going on right now. And the Shadow Chancellor says, well, the government fails to face up to the impact of their mistakes. Hundreds of thousands of families are grappling with the mortgage bombshell. So apart from that, the market, what can you do right now? Well, first of all, the first advice I would give if you're considering buying or selling right now is to recheck your rates. And I would say right now, if you're considering it, then wait for the Monetary Policy Committee meeting announcement, which will happen on the 3rd of August, when we'll see the direction of travel as far as interest rates are concerned. I'm really hopeful, but not sure, that we might get a hold. Now, a hold would signal to the markets that we could be at the end of the interest rate upward cycle. And that would be a huge fillip to swap rates. And if swap rates come down, then mortgage rates, fixed mortgage rates will come down too. Now, this is not financial advice, but in our experience, if we get a hold, then that will signal to the market that we may be at the end of our upward cycle of interest rates. If we get a rise, then it could have the opposite effect, particularly if that rise is a half a point. Uh, the government have been looking to, or the Bank of England rather, have been looking to assert and stamp their authority on the fact that they're in charge uh, by raising interest rates quite aggressively. And frankly, I think the last one at half a point was extremely aggressive and has stamped on inflation. But it's a very blunt instrument and it does take many, in fact, they say on average a couple of years for these things to filter through due to things like fixed rate mortgages and people's fixed rate terms expiring, not immediately. So the number of families impacted is always limited by where they are in the fixed rate cycle. And many in the UK are on average on a two or a five year fixed rate. So we'll see what happens on the 3rd of August. That will be a critical time. And we'll report back to you on how the market is post that. But certainly will bring confidence if we see a hold. We can't expect a fall, I'm afraid. That's something that some people have mentioned. And my gut feeling is we can't expect interest rates to fall. It's possible that we could see them hold. It's possible that we could see them rise. Worst case scenario, half point rise. Uh, best case scenario, hold. Um, we'll report back to you once that happens. It's only next week now. Um, so that's going to be a really critical time. If you're not dependent on a mortgage and you're thinking of moving, well, you might just pick yourself up a good deal right now. So there are a lot of properties out there that are struggling for viewings. That's because timing wise, I mentioned earlier, August is a really quiet time for viewings in London. Now, it does vary depending on location. For instance, if you're looking at a coastal location and a bungalow, then you can find that July, August are very busy times for those places for obvious reasons. People holiday and have a great time. And at that point, they might choose to retire or relocate to the destination they're holidaying in. Whereas here in London, commuter belt, what we find is that people are away right now. And so the audience that's looking is actually not looking right now. 
So if it's quiet for you and you're in around the commuter belt, then that will be one of the reasons. It could also be the case that your price needs adjusting to reflect the current market. We have seen prices fall off by around 5% in the past 12 months. So you might need a readjustment on your pricing. And it does depend on the kind of property you have, the area type and style. And the other thing to look at is how well your agent is doing in terms of their marketing. What are they doing? Are they staying in touch with you? Are they reporting to you on what's going on? Are they giving you suggestions on what they can do to try and boost that interest and give your property the boost it needs in order to make sure it goes in front of as many eyes as possible? And this could involve things like retaking a front shot of the property perhaps a refresh of the front of your property, maybe a flower basket can make a difference, maybe a repainting of that front door, maybe a new shot altogether, new description, look at the descriptions, look at where your house sits in relation to its competitors because that may have changed. And a good way to do this is just go on to Rightmove and or Zoopla, put your postcode in and see what the competition is and how it compares because that's what buyers are doing. Never forget that buyers will always buy by comparison with what's available at any given time. So if your house doesn't look competitive, when you look at other houses and you think, well, that's better than mine and that's better than mine and it's priced lower, then you know what the problem is straight away. You need to get real on your price. And sometimes agents will tell you what you want to hear and say, look, you know, price is fine. It's not that, it's the market. But honestly, you need to look at price above all else in this market, especially. And, you know, one of the things to do is look at where the other prices are. We at James Alexander do advocate the idea of a sweet spot. So in other words, if you've got a property that's on at a price range that you can't search at on Rightmove or Zoopla. So for instance, if you're on the market for 515,000 and that's the price you feel like you need to achieve, then you would be better off in our experience going to the, all the zeros at 500,000, say offers over, still look to hit that 15,000, but it can affect the level of audience because someone looking up to 500,000 will not see your property if your property is at 515,000 because that limit of 500,000 will mean that it's invisible, even though it's close. So it's really important that you pitch the price effectively in this market. In a rising market, many agents, especially the corporates, will always tell you and still are, that you should overprice your property and then come down. But in a competitive market, you need to put your best foot forward to make sure you get buyers through your door. And if your agent's not doing that for you, then you need to consider switching agents. And of course, many agents are, uh, are really, they lose enthusiasm after a while for the stock they've got available. And you need to make sure that you've got an agent that's still on it and still knows you're there and is recognizing that you need to move. And on that vein, you really need to think about, are you with the right agent right now? And then on that, you need to look at the contract that you've signed with the agent. Many people I know will be frustrated because they're in very long contracts of 20 weeks plus, which I think is so long, it's too long. Uh, but many of the corporate agents have signed them up and they become prisoners within that sole agency. Um, multiple agency wise, that's another option for you to go with more agents. In our experience, that's not a wise move if you want to achieve the best price. And the reason for that is the moment you go multiple agency, your property will list multiple times on Zoopla and Rightmove. And it will be obvious to any buyer that you're desperate to sell or it will come across that you're desperate to sell. And guess what happens to the offers people make when they consider that you're a desperate seller? Yes, that's right. They offer less. And nobody wants what nobody wants. So you can end up in a position where you no longer look like that exclusive house on with that one agent but instead you look like the house that everybody's got on and nobody can sell you don't want to be there folks if you're struggling to sell and your agent's not doing a good job look around 
for other agents that perhaps could do a better job. Look at the original valuations perhaps you had and whether some of those other agents were more realistic on the prices and more honest with you in the first place and perhaps consider giving them a go. Because the other problem you'll have is that even if you drop the price with your existing agent, it won't flag as a new instruction. It will flag as a new instruction if you change agents. So that's another consideration as well. So if you're selling at the moment and you need any advice, as always, get in touch. Ken at jamesalexander.com or give us a call 0208 679 8601. If you get a chance to review this podcast, we'd be very grateful if you do. The numbers are picking up substantially over the last few weeks and we're very, very grateful for you, our listeners, for this podcast, which, by the way, we do unedited and uncut every week as soon as we can and we'll be back to you next week with another edition so i do hope you're enjoying it and we'd be grateful for any reviews that you put forward and we hope you have a fantastic week always like to hear about your property problems and we can anonymize those and bring those to the show so if you have any questions about your current situation be it about leasehold freehold auctions private sale method of modern auction whatever it is we're here at the property buyer and sellers podcast to help you so we'd love to air some of your questions anonymize your name if you require it in order to try and help so that's it for this week look after yourselves and your families we'll be back same time same place next week until then have a fantastic week folks bye Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 